everyone and welcome to another Mind Over Tutors discussion. My name is Daria Grissom and I will be your host for today. If you haven't already seen the title where I'm going to be interviewing a master, more specifically Darius Grissom, who recently graduated uh, from the Master of Science program in online teaching and instructional design at Lenore Ryan. Uh, he also happens to be the executive director of Mind Over Tutors. Uh, so welcome Darius. Thank you. Hello. Awesome. So I wanted to start off by asking you um, to give us a brief overview of what the program is about uh, and what you've learned from it. So the Masters in Online Teaching and Instructional Design program, it aims to develop educators and leaders who basically understand how people learn. Uh, they understand theory and best practices in distance ed education. Um, also to recognize, evaluate, and utilize emerging web and mobile technologies in online learning environments. And that's really the key to what we're doing here uh, within Mind Over Tutors as an organization. But a couple other things, they also uh, taught us how to apply effective methods for online design, delivery, and assessment. And then finally, just effectively leading technology change in the classrooms uh, or different organizations all across the globe. Okay, excellent. Um, so my next question is, uh, in the last podcast that we did uh, about the ideology of Mind Over Tutors, um, you mentioned that the concept uh, for the nonprofit business has been ongoing for the past 20 plus years. Um, so my question to you is, how has that master's program affected your vision and was there anything that you had to change? It's a good question. So first of all, in, in thinking about how this program started, uh, when I originally founded Mind Over Tutors, it was an organization that was solely based on face-to-face -face tutoring. I started with tutor in uh, the library at Francis Marion University. I was living in Florence, South Carolina would meet students at their parents' offices. It was a face-to-face -face type of program. Over the last 20 years, education has changed. Working with students, uh, particularly in a tutoring capacity, has changed. And so when I sought this degree, it was, it was me trying to get ahead of the game now with education and in particularly working with students to uh, I'll use that word enrichment, uh, in, enrich their experience. I think what we have sought to do now, and, and to really answer your question, where my vision has been affected and has changed, I really, really had no idea of all of the tools that uh, are out there. And, and I have to say that I think education is really leading the way. I found out about so many um, games that are being played. You know, I had heard about uh, Google apps and uh, shared documents and those types of things, but this program really helped me to understand the greater vision of what those tools are supposed to be used for. So the program has opened my eyes and, and what I decided to focus on with the, the nonprofit is to really, our vision, our mission is to uh, get out and, and look at all emerging web and mobile technologies. And so what I hope is, is that we will never ever 
I guess, get outside of that vision, there's always going to be new tools that come available. And what we want to do at Mind Over Tutors is stay abreast to what those tools are and then work with students, work with teachers, work with parents and community to really give them examples of how those tools can be used in their particular scenario. Okay. Uh, so I'm not trying to call you out on age, but uh, being a middle-aged uh, male with a family and a full-time job, uh, did you have any reservations about going back uh, and getting your master's? Because I know, well, especially in the field that is ever-changing, because so, I know technology has changed from when you were growing up to now. So did you have any big challenges with that, and what were those challenges? So... It took me a lot of time to really find a program that I felt suited my past career, my past experiences, my professional career. I'm a principal analytical chemist, and I've done that now for about 20 years, predominantly in the pharmaceutical industry. I, when I started Mind Over Tutors 20 years ago, it was mostly to focus on science and math. So, you know, Whenever I think about, I guess, when I was, was looking for a program, I had to really think about utilizing my time wisely. Um, at the time, having kids in school, it's always that, that thought of taking on the expense, taking on the debt of going back to, to college. Uh, I had never had any college loans, so I was a little reserved about doing that. But I think that speaks to the passion that I feel about this particular program, about this particular need. And so after really, really finding this program and feeling like it was geared to what I could do moving forward and helping moving my, uh, help move Mind Over Tutors as an organization forward, uh, it really removed all of my reservations. I was just excited about getting started. Excellent. So since your degree is in focusing on emerging technologies and social design and Mind Over Tutors is aiming to include that in the community, what are some of the challenges in including online education in the classroom? Did that discussion ever come up in your classes? Do you think that there's a market for it going on now? You may have to follow up on this, and I'll, I'll try to get, there's a, there's a lot of pieces to mm -hmm. that question. I think we can go back and forth a little bit about, about this particular question, because the first thing I will say is, is that we had a lot of college professors and school teachers. We even had several online teachers in our program. And the thing for me, it was really amazing to see how it was, it was an even playing field. I felt like even though, you know, my degree, uh, undergraduate degree was in chemistry. I had worked all of these years in chemistry. I did feel like I was on a bit of an even playing field because they were learning the technology aspects of, of, education, the new technology aspects, and all of these tools that are available. And so, you know, I think that it's something that is growing. Whenever I talk to my own kids, you and Landon, I'm always searching to see how tools are being used. The online classes at the university level, uh, within the high schools now. Uh, and I think that's where there's a lot of information that needs to be gained. I've spent a lot of time trying to ask questions on Facebook, um, trying to send out emails, talking to people in the community. And I, I get a, a feeling that there's, 
I don't know. There, there, there's a lot of unsettled non-information, I'll say, just because it's very difficult to get people talking about where we are with the technology. And so I think one of the things that we're going to have to do as an organization is get additional information from the students, uh, from the parents, from mm -hmm. the teachers themselves to see how these things are growing, to see how we can better use the tools. And the biggest issue that I see, and I think everybody would agree with this, is, is that technology is growing and moving so fast. There's so much content mm -hmm. that is available. There's so many apps. If you sit down and do a search on, let's say, uh, language apps, there's so many programs out there now. You know, a few years back it was Rosetta Stone and you could go and buy the disc and do mm -hmm. the immersion learning at home. Now you can go on the computer and find seven to eight different programs that offer free language learning. Uh, so, you know, to get back and I'll let you follow up with that, but I, I think that's where online learning is going, and I think it's going to be important for teachers to learn how to properly utilize these tools to keep students engaged. Mm -hmm. So, when you say unsettled non information, what exactly do you mean by that? You know, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I've thought about writing a blog to say, have parents disappeared out of education? And, and I mean two things by that. One, I've had one teacher at uh, my son's school to contact me and talk about how he's doing, to talk about, you know, his progress. They have the power school. Uh, I think power school is being used throughout the nation. So you can go on and you can see your students' grade, you can see their progress, but you run into to issues where the teachers may not update it as fast as they should, and it becomes very frustrating as a parent to, to try to keep up with where your student is, trying to understand what you need to do at home to follow up. And, you know, to be honest, as a parent, I feel like there's a disconnect with the teachers because they are so focused on standardized testing, the common core curriculum, that we've, we've lost something there. There's, there's a big gap that's being created, I feel, between the teachers and the parents. And also, I'm looking to see if there's a, a huge gap that's now being created between the students and the teacher. And if there is, that's a huge problem because, you know, we can't assess students only on test scores. And I think we'll probably talk about later, you and I have had the discussion, are students really prepared when mm -hmm. they are going into universities? And so those are the, the types of things where I think that we have to be careful with online learning because we're getting away from the traditional learn your times tables, learn your addition facts, and all of those types of things, and now trusting that students are going to get it digitally, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a lot to be learned there. I think that it is something that is exciting. I think that it's something that is powerful. I think that it is something that students will really be able to, I mean, I think today's students are brilliant. I really do. I think that they are much smarter in, in uh, intuitive than we were, but then at the same time, I think they become so disengaged very, very quickly, and if the tools in their classroom don't match the PS4 game or the particular computer game that they're playing, you know, I used to hear when I was a classroom teacher, Mr. Grissom, I'm bored, and I hated that terminology, but we're going to have to find a way to, to encourage 
and empower students more. And we need to get back, or I'm not even uh, not so sure that we've ever been there, but really particularly focused on what we call student-centered learning. All mm -hmm. the learning should be based on the student. It shouldn't mm -hmm. be based on what the teacher is doing. And I think when we get there, and, and we consider those types of things in the online environment, I think we can do a good job with it. Okay. So definitely you believe there is a disconnect between at which the level that uh, children learn at now versus the classroom structure that's in place uh, currently in like public schools? Do I think there's a disconnect? Yeah, um, in the sense that the classroom isn't facilitating the type of learning that our children need in today's society. Yes. I think there's a huge disconnect. And, you know, this is a perfect opportunity for me to share this and, and something that I want to say to our community because I think this has been a problem that I have seen for 20 years. Working as a face-to-face -face tutor and having done this for so long, it was always amazing to see that I mostly tutored students that didn't really need help. Most of the time I had students that were A, B students that they wanted to go from a 90 average to a 98 average or a student that wanted to go from an 85 average to a 93 average. I have helped students that, you know, I had one student, he was, a, he was a good student in all of his other classes. He had an F in chemistry and we were able to take his average up to a B. And, you know, those are the type of situations that I you know, thrive for. I think that's what educators are out there for. And so I believe right now the system gets so focused on students that are doing well. They push these students to the AP programs. They push them to the advanced classes. But is the content really advanced? Is, is what they're doing really higher level thinking? Is it something that is going to prepare them for when they get to the university level, particularly when they go to a university like you know, North Carolina State, I'll use that because I'm familiar with the level of expectation there. Uh, and the same thing with University of Chapel Hill. Um, those larger universities don't take the same amount of time as a North Carolina Central or the, the time that we receive at Lenore Ryan University. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there is a disconnect. I think that, I will say this, I think online learning gives us an opportunity to uh, bridge that gap. I think it, the uh, Anytime Anywhere Learning gives us an excellent opportunity to, to really help, I guess, pare down any gaps that exist. So I hear, or it's been said, that Common Core uh, may no longer be around. If that were to happen, what could you see, um, what type of classroom setting could you see being put in place uh, instead of that? Okay, so... <laughs> Let me, let me try to take this from a couple of different angles. The, the first thing is, is that um, the intent of Common Core was, was very, very good. It was, it was a noble attempt to put a system in place that could somewhat normalize education. What ended up happening is, is that they standardized education. And that's a bad thing. We have been focused for many years, even with No Child Left Behind, on assessing students. And it's a great thing to assess students, but everything does not have to be a summative assessment. Some things, uh, you know, students don't have to be graded on every assignment. 
that they turn turn in. That's something else that will cause some debates within the education community because kids will say, oh, if I'm not going to get graded on it, I don't want to do it. It's a different conversation. But in terms of, of Common Core, my honest feeling is, is that I would be happy to see it go. Because as when I was in the classroom, there was always talk about teachers teaching the same material the same day and it, it just I mean to be honest it's insane every class has its own personality it has its own appeal and so an instructor is responsible to gauge what that atmosphere is and then adjust their instruction to that so I have really struggled with some of the course creation that I'm doing on the Mind Over Tutors website because I, am tr I have tried to align all of my courses with the Common Core. I've even talked about backing off of it, and I think that I am. Uh, many organizations spend most of their time developing an alignment to Common Core. Okay, now what? So if students go out onto a website, and I'm not going to use any particular website because I love a lot of the free content that is out there. I love the job that these organizations have done providing the content, but are students uh, adequately and timely assessing or accessing that information when they need it? And if, if a student goes onto a website and they cannot find the information that they're looking for, then that's a problem. And I think, and I have heard repeatedly, that students are having issues with certain sites that they go on and they can't necessarily filter through and find the information that they're looking for. That's what I'm hoping for Mind Over Tutors to be able to put uh, a face, uh, I'll, I'll use that term, um, or, or a voice uh, with some personalized instruction, something that is set up, some individualized instruction for students. And, you know, the other thing I'll say here is, is that no matter what program is in place, students are going to have to realize that they have to put in the work. There's no easy answer. There's no easy way to go about it. But if they open themselves up to putting in some work, their, their opportunities are endless. I mean, I, I think that, that uh, their growth is exponential. Um, you know, they're so sharp and they go out and learn how to utilize the information that they have, um, we're going to do great things in the future. And so I would be glad to see Common Core go. I think it has been a, a, a great attempt uh, to normalize, like I said, but I think what they've ended up doing is just standardizing it. And then once somebody standardized something, you know, that becomes so concrete, it becomes inflexible. And, and education can never be inflexible. Mm. So, a little bit from going off what you just talked about, um, in regards to accessing all this information online, I know you said uh, sometimes children aren't able to, I guess, get a grip on what's needed and what's not, um, you know, in order to, I guess, help them with their classes. Uh, but what or how does Mind Over Tutors actually plan to curb that or to find some structure in that madness? So, the power of online instruction uh, opens up differentiation and individualization in a way that I never thought was available. 
And to go back to a question that you er asked earlier, that's really what this program in online teaching and instructional design is doing. It's empowering teachers to, one, focus on some basic instructional design models and learning what those things are and learning how to, you know, uh, the, the technology models that are in place for us to follow those things that have been very well documented and established. But what we're going to be able to do at Mind Over Tutors is just through communication, what is your specific need? What are the types of things that you are covering? And we can personalize that information for students and deliver it digitally. Right now, there takes some preparation. You can't, you know, contact one of our tutors last minute and expect to get the answer immediately. There may be some opportunities to do that, but you know, unfortunately, um, there has to be some planning in this. There has to be some effort on the part of the student to contact us and let us know what is it that they're looking for. Uh, and what I hope to do is is that have you know, my thing has always been. I don't care what the content is. It's always about teaching a child, a student, an adult, anyone, how to learn, how to go about finding information. And that's really what we're going to focus on and specialize in is the emerging technology tools. How to go about finding the tools and then when you get to the tool, how to go about using it, how to sift through all of the information. Um, it's kind of like a game. If they use the same thumb movements, in order to, to uh, perform a certain move in a video game, we want that same intuitive knowledge to be in place for students. So once they go into a particular app, you know, you get accustomed to entering your information, creating a password, uh, and just other things. And, and this is not just for, you know, students that are K-12, but adult learners, senior learners that may want to go back and learn how to have a conversation and hangouts or, uh, attend a class in WebEx, just how to access that information because there's so much that's available. Okay. So I want to end on a question about teachers. Um, what do you think some of the challenges are going to be in getting teachers involved uh, in online education? And has there been a concern that this technology will replace our teachers? So I'll take the last part of that question first. There is a fear. I had to take a course that included mostly face-to-face -face teachers. And that was a very interesting experience for me because I could immediately tell that there's a huge fear because those students are in a program at Lenore Ryan that don't focus on the online, online component. And so they were taking a course and anyway, there's, there's a, a mix of, of, of instructors. The main thing that I took away from that class is that there's a huge fear that their jobs may be replaced by online, you know, instruction and that type of thing. For me, I just don't think it's possible. Uh, it takes great teachers to be able to go in and pull together this content. It takes teachers that have been well trained in how to deliver good online instruction. There are so many programs out there. I, you know, I, I think about the competition as I'm researching and putting together business plans and, and, and looking at business modeling. Uh, you see so much competition out there. But I visit sites and I, you know, the fear kind of goes away. Not necessarily fear, but, you know, thinking about, okay, what are we going to have to do to compete against this business? 
it just isn't, it's just not the same thing. We're developing quality content. We're not rushing into this just to get out and make money, right? This is about doing it the right way. It's about providing a, a service. And that goes back to a question I think you asked me in the last uh, podcast. That's the reason why I chose nonprofit. I would do this for free. Right. I don't I, you know, I, I need to make some money. We need to get money and donations and things like that, please, uh, because we have to pay for access to the learning management systems. We have to pay for access to the tools that we use and that we're able to make available to students. But if I can break even after that, you know, I spend a lot of time working on things every single day but it's because I want to deliver content and I want to make a difference right mm -hmm. uh, and there's so many organizations out there that I feel like it's just about money there's so many people you see all of these things popping up so many tools that may start out as a free tool and the next thing you know they're charging you this premium price you know for a tool and that's unfortunate but I am excited and I believe that as we continue to have young people uh, the Millennials like you guys that really care and, and, and you're looking to feel that that thing inside that makes you feel good I think we'll continue to have free access to programming the MOOCs and, and all of the other things that open education is doing it's the wave of the future and a lot of the the people that aren't in it for the right reasons will end up getting out of it because it's just about the money. And I don't think their programs are going to be successful enough and they're not going to deliver what needs to be delivered in order to stay competitive. Awesome. Well, I'd like to thank you for another awesome interview. Thank you. Um, again, if you haven't checked out any of our previous podcasts or interviews, uh, please do so. You can also check out Mind Over Tutors on our website, which is www.mindovertutors.com. Also, please feel free to leave uh, positive comments, constructive criticisms. Uh, but again, thank you for joining us.